Welcome to the Tarleton BSM Podcast. Today we will be continuing our 402 series, Spring Fling, Who, What, and Why of Dating. We hope you enjoy this message from Associate Director Megan Craig. Hey everyone, I know that I am not the bald-headed guy that was currently sitting up here. No, my name is Meg Craig and I get the pleasure of working on staff here at the BSM. And Clayton is right, it is kind of strange to look in a room that is pretty much empty. There's only two people here. So um, he is right, that is very odd and I'm gonna get used to that tonight. So bear with me if you see me looking around. I'm trying to look straight at the camera. Uh, I wanted to share a quick story with y'all. How many of y'all have ever been house sitting? You know, like you are right now sitting at your house. I'm just kidding. Actually, how many of y'all have ever actually been house sitting where, you know, usually you go and stay at someone's house, you watch their animals, you take care of them, you maybe take care of their garden or something like that. Well, that's something I've actually done a lot um, in the past several years of my life. I used to house sit for my aunt and uncle a lot in Houston. That's where I'm from. And so one time I was over at their house and I loved house sitting for them because their house is gorgeous. I felt like I was on vacation. My aunt takes very good care of me. She loves me. I'm her favorite. And she had always put out lots of good groceries for me to have. And one time when I was staying there, she had left some cherry tomatoes out on the counter. And I love cherry tomatoes like so, so, so much. And so I was like, I'm going to dig into these cherry tomatoes. And I got some hummus out and I went ahead and like they were already washed. So I knew I could just dig right in. So I ate one and I was like, mmm, this is so delicious. And then I ate another one and I was like, oh, delicious again. So good. And then I ate another one and bam, it was like death in my mouth. It was the most disgusting thing. The inside of the tomato had been rotten. And I felt deceived by these tomatoes because they all looked so delicious and I ate one and it was not good and I'm like spitting it out on the ground. It was a really horrific scene for me by myself in this house all alone. But nonetheless, it was this tomato that I ate that was rotten on the inside. But on the outside, it had looked so good and so wholesome and like it was ready to be eaten. And I couldn't help but think of this story as I was thinking about dating. Because I think more often than not, we end up in relationships where we thought the person was really great, they looked super attractive and awesome, but the further we got into the relationship, they actually were a rotten tomato. And guys, I've had my fair share of experiences with guys like this, good Christian guys that I thought would be really great to um, go out with and date. And it turns out as the experience of kind of getting to know them further and further, they might have been good guys, but their way they, tr they treated me didn't reflect Christ. And some of y'all may be thinking about a relationship you were recently in or in your past where you've experienced this, where in the beginning the guy or the girl was really awesome and you thought it was going to go somewhere and end well, and then you got further in and they were rotten on the inside, rotten like a rotten tomato. Or perhaps you're in that relationship right now and you're not really sure what to do next or how to get out of it. Tonight, we're gonna to be talking about dating and taking a step beyond what Clayton talked about last week and talk about what we should, or who we should be dating. 
And so one of the things that I think is key to learning about who we should date, it's kind of like a research paper or a project. You're going to collect data, you're going to collect information, and then once you get towards the end, you put together your research paper to get the end result. And that's what looking for somebody to date is. It's collecting information and data and figuring out who you should date so that you get a good end result. And so if you're just now joining us, we have been doing going through a series called Spring Fling, and we're right in the middle of it. This is the second one, and then we'll have one next week. And so last week, Clayton talked with us about what dating is, and he dropped some big truth bombs. He talked about how dating isn't a biblical concept. Um, marriage is biblical, but dating isn't. And he talked about um, how dating is not a relationship status, but that dating is an evaluation process. And tonight we're going to uncover more about that evaluation process by talking about who should you date. And have you ever been wondering that? Have you ever wondered, who should I date? Or what kind of person is dateable? Or am I even dateable? Who you date should reflect the God you serve, not replace the God you serve. My friend Caitlin Cox and I were discussing this, um, this concept, this talk, and she was actually the one who gave me the idea for this big idea. She wrote it out for me, and we had this great dialogue, so I told her I would give her a shout-out. So shout-out to Caitlin Cox. Help me came up, come up with this big idea. So who you date should reflect the God you serve, not replace the God you serve. And tonight we're going to be looking at some two people in the Bible and how they reflected God and they're going to show us a pretty good idea of what a character should be like, like what our character should be like. So go ahead and get out your Bibles and either flip them open or flip them on to Ruth chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. If you're new to us or new to the Bible, the Bible is divided up into two parts. The Old Testament, which is a story of God's people and how they followed him and how they disobeyed him. And the New Testament is a story of redemption for God's people and through Jesus Christ and the birth of the church. And so before we dive into Ruth chapter 2, I'm going to give you all a little bit of a backstory. So Ruth is this woman who was widowed, and her and her mother-in-law take this long journey back to her mother-in-law's hometown of Bethlehem. And something that I think is really cool about this is y'all might recognize the name Bethlehem. That's where the birth of Jesus is. And so the, the cool thing is, is that Ruth is Jesus's great, 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 so many greats grandmother. Okay, so Ruth is in the line of Jesus. And there, Ruth has to take care of her mother-in-law and herself. And so she goes about doing this by following harvesters and picking up the leftovers that have fallen on the ground. And this is actually a really common practice back then. Widows would go and they would follow along the harvesters and pick up things so that they would have food to eat. And so we find Ruth in this field and the person who owns the field, Boaz, comes to check it out and see what's going on and how the harvest is going. And that's where our story picks up. So follow along with me in your Bible. It says um, in Ruth 2, 4 through 9, Just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they were answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, Who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, She is the Moabite who came from Moab with Naomi. She said, 
Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the woman who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. And so the first thing I want to take note of is how Boaz's servants respond to him. Now they say this common greeting that happened in Jewish culture where they would greet somebody by saying, the Lord be with you, and then they would return, the Lord bless you. But also how they responded by sharing all the information and respecting Boaz's wishes with Ruth. And so these people respected Boaz, and it shows that Boaz, Boaz's character was respectable. Then we see Boaz talk with Ruth, Ruth and give her permission to continue to do what she's doing in this field. And not only that, he goes another step further and he says to her, I want you to go with my female servants and gather with them and not just the leftovers that they drop as well. And so he's giving her an extra step and he's taking care of her and being kind to her. And Boaz also told her, he didn't just make this decision and tell the men to stay away, but he also told her, hey, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to make sure that you stay safe. And so he told her that he wouldn't let any of his men bother her or come near her, and that showed that he was going to protect her. Throughout this whole encounter, Boaz models what it looks like to be a man who reflects God and doesn't seek to replace him. We're also going to take a look in Ephesians 5, 25 through 29, a little bit more about what men should do in reflecting Christ. So, it says in Ephesians 2, 5, 25 through 29, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but, the, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. And you're probably wondering, ladies and gentlemen, like, whoa, 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 like, I thought we were just talking about dating. Why are you bringing marriage in here, Meg? And the reason why is because this passage talks about how husbands are to treat their wives, and we see these things reflected in Boaz's character that that Christ says husbands are to feed and care for their wives just as they would themselves. And that's what we see Boaz do. Um, and I think that's really neat. And ladies, I want you to hear this. If he doesn't love, respect, care for, and protect you before you date, then he won't do that when you date. And he probably won't do that as a husband. And guys, if you aren't in a place where you are, ref you are reflecting this character of Christ, then I would find a guy that is and follow him around and ask him what he has done to become a man who reflects God. Because these are the characteristics that we should be dating or looking for men, looking for in men to date. And men, these are the characteristics you should be looking to reflect to show that you are dateable. It's important that before you start that dating relationship with Christ, or that dating relationship, that Christ is the first priority in your life. Because, because if it isn't, 
before you start dating, it won't be when you start dating. It's not like once you start dating, you arrive and you're all of a sudden like this really spiritual person. That's not actually what happens. Ladies, our end goal in life as women should not be and is not to marry and have kids. It should be to love God and glorify him through obedience. And sometimes that obedience looks like marriage, and that's great. And that's not a bad thing, but that shouldn't be our end goal for life. And I know a lot of times that is. And these are really hard words for me to say and for me to swallow because I've been single for a long time, but I'm unwilling to settle for anything less than someone who loves the Lord and is putting him first. And that's my hope and prayer for all of you ladies out there. I want to take a sec before we dive into looking at what what guys should be looking for in women and what kind of character they should have um, by looking at by looking at believers and non-believers real quick the bible makes very clear statements about this in second corinthians 6 14. it says do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And the reason that I bring this up is because when we're looking for someone to date, we need to be seeking to date people who have the same beliefs as us. I love the part where it talks about light and darkness because light and darkness don't go together. They cannot go together. And that's the same comparison this verse is making in relationships with relationships with non-believers. 2 Corinthians 15b, 2 Corinthians, uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians 2, 6, 15b says, or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? You won't have things in common, or at least the most important thing in common with a non-believer if you are a believer and you start trying to date them. That is why the biggest thing that you could do is look for someone you, the biggest thing you could do in looking for someone to date is to look for somebody who loves the Lord first. So now let's go ahead and take a little bit of time looking at the model woman. Everyone flip to Proverbs 31. This is where we're going to hang out and look at um, what kind of characters women should have. And I know that a lot of us like to say women are really complicated. Men like to say that. And honestly, women say that too. We say that we're complicated. But Proverbs 31 does an amazing job of spelling this out. And I think that's because God knew that we needed it spelled out. And so Proverbs 31, 12 says, She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her, her life. Guys, you want a woman who reflects God, who brings about good and not evil, not manipulation, not gossip, not, not mean words. You want someone who is compassionate and honest and humble, who's willing to do the, the good even when the good is hard. Proverbs 31.25 says, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she can laugh at the days to come. And I love this verse because it talks about a woman who reflects strength and honor and isn't willing to succumb to the changing tides or fear of a pandemic or things that might be scary. This woman's strength and dignity comes from the Lord and she can find joy and hope in Christ during that time and so she can laugh. And I love that. I love that verse. 
And Proverbs 31, 15 through 16 says, She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. This woman, this woman who has great character like Christ, is someone who deals wisely with things, whether they are possessions or money or her time or her schoolwork. This is a woman who is going to deal wisely with those things. She's going to take care of them. She's going to manage them well. And she's not going to be somebody who's just always flippant. And guys, there's grace for this. I mean, we all go through seasons where we're struggling, but it's the consistent character that you're looking for. What does that person consistently show? All of these things that we see in Proverbs 31 reflect Christ. And so we're going to look at 1 Peter 3, 1 through 4 to see a little bit more about what a woman should do in reflecting Christ. It says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Oh my gosh, do you hear that? The inward heart that is gentle and quiet before the Lord is of great worth in God's sight. Now I want to—I have to take a quick second and say this because I'm a loud person and I am not very gentle. And I used to read this verse and think that I was not of great worth in God's sight. But that's not actually what this verse is saying. It's talking about our inward heart as women. Is her inward heart gentle towards the Lord and submissive towards the Lord and quiet towards the Lord? Not necessarily this outward, like how God has created our personalities to be. And so I wanted to say that really quick because I know that I've always misinterpreted this verse and I wanted to make sure that I, I let the women out there who may be loud like me know that. So <laughs> um, also notice what it says about appearance. The reason I haven't touched too much on this tonight is because we all know who we're attracted to. Like, it's not a surprise. Like, we don't need to figure that out, and we don't need somebody to tell us how to figure that out. But what we do need help with is people letting us know to take our blinders off of this attraction and look at the character of somebody over their appearance. Because that's what we always forget to do. We let we mostly let appearance and attraction drive the train instead of letting character and that person drive the train and who that person is in Christ drive the train. Don't get me wrong though, like attraction is really important and it should be a part of the evaluation process. If you're not attracted to somebody, then you probably don't want to be with them. And it's okay to be attracted to the person you, you want to date. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But that shouldn't be what drives the train. Our char their character should be what you're looking for, not attraction first. And something that is really important to remember, guys, if you want a woman who loves the Lord, then you have to be a man who loves the Lord. And ladies, if you want a man who loves the Lord, then you have to be a woman who loves the Lord. Think through these things. Are you a person that is dateable? Do you have a character like Christ or like these people? Because who we are before we start dating 
We can't expect dating to change us into somebody else or make us better because only Christ can change us and make us who we're truly meant to be. You guys, we live in a broken world and we're broken people. We're imperfect because of sin and our sin causes us to do things against God and against others. But because God loves us so much and he wants a relationship with us, he made a way through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came here and he died on a cross and through that death, he covered our brokenness, our imperfection, our sin, and our running away from God. And through that death and that resurrection, he's given us this gift, this gift that we can have a relationship with God and live eternally with him in heaven. And if you've never experienced that gift or you have questions about that gift or if this is new to you, man, can you fill out a connection form on tarletonbsm.com backslash online? Because we would really love to connect with you and talk with you more about that. But perhaps like this isn't new to you. This whole Jesus thing isn't new but maybe asking these questions about who to date or what makes someone dateable is. Maybe you want to change how you think through that because you haven't done it the best. Or maybe you're thinking of a rela- your relationship that you're in right now and you want to change those things. Man, let me challenge you. Begin to ask God, where are the areas that my character needs to be strengthened and that I need to grow in? And what people am I looking at who I could date and do they possess these qualities? Begin to ask yourself those things. Ask God to grow you in your weaknesses. Ask God to help you see a character in someone that is reflecting Christ and not just see their attraction. Also, if you are in a relationship and you're like, I want out, I don't know what to do, um, or you're struggling to figure out how to do this whole dating thing, Man, let me tell you, friends are great accountability, and I would encourage you to enlist some friends who can help you with that. And if you don't believe me and don't trust me, the Bible does speak to this. It says, Proverbs 12, 15, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So grab some wise friends, not the friends that are going to just tell you whatever you want to hear, but the friends that are going to tell you the hard truth and listen to them when they give you advice. And some of you may be thinking, man, I I just wish I could get a date. I understand. And let me tell you, my friend, to be patient. Remember that dating isn't the end goal, but being an obedient follower of Christ is. Being Being an obedient disciple of Christ is going to be the thing that gets us to the end goal. That's what God asks of us. And we should be people who look to date people who reflect God and not replace him. Thank you for listening to the Tarleton BSM podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe. To keep up with everything Tarleton BSM, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tarleton BSM. See you next time.